So this is going to be Angela's last sermon um, with us at City, which is, uh, although Angela tells me it's not a sermon, is it? So we will, we will see how we go. But it's, uh, we've been so, so blessed by Angela over, over so many years, and we're so, so grateful for everything you've shared with us and you've imparted to us, and the giftings that God has given us have blessed us so richly. So thank you so much, and we're really looking forward to that. And let me, let me just pray for you yes, as, we, as we start. So Lord, do we, I, I really want to lift Angela up to you as she... And she shares now, Lord, we thank you for your, your word and the power of your spirit and the gift you've given Angela. And we, 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 we stand and we sit here with open hearts. And we ask that, yeah, we, we want to, we're ready to receive from you. And we pray that you would work in, in power now through what Angela has to, has to share. And uh, yeah, in, in this time together, Lord, for your glory. Amen. Amen. Hello, everyone. Last weekend, uh, we were up in Bolton, where I did a day's training on sp spiritual warfare at a conference, and then preached on the Sunday. And Ken and Rosemary were with me, and so I'd like to get them to give some feedback. Is this, is this mic okay? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, I think it was, it was just wonderful to go and spend a few days um, really feeling just immersed in what God was doing in different areas of the country. So we had Friday in Wyndham and then Saturday and Sunday in Bolton. Um, and what really struck me was the hunger that people have got to uh, go deeper with God and to move in the power of the Spirit. Uh, people are prepared to um, give up a day a week to go and learn about these things and what, what, how to walk in the power of God. Uh, and people are driven for an hour and a half, two hours across the country um, from different towns and Penrith and Kendall and Sheffield to be in Bolton uh, just because of their hunger for God. Uh, and that's, that's just struck me. It's just amazing. Um, and, and God honors that kind of hunger. But the other thing was that it was ordinary people. So there were leaders and elders there, but also ordinary people, the yous and me's uh, of church life who, who wanted to um, go deeper with, with God and find out more about releasing the power Jesus has given them in life. Um, Angela, as you know, like, she teaches and then she demonstrates and then she gets people to do and so it's very practical and everybody got stuck in everybody got involved um, and that model is is brilliant teaching demonstrating and doing uh, so it's not just information it's practically learning to use the gifts that God has given to us um, and it's exciting to see um, God come in with dynamic power and um, touch people's lives and uh, heal people and transform uh, people's um, mindsets and, and ways of thinking and, and release that power that God has given us authority and he's given us power in the name of Jesus and to be able to learn how to use that uh, and see people released. Um, and then the, this idea that it's for everyday life, it's not just for in church, but everyday life so people were giving stories about how they had prayed for people in their workplace or talked with their family and seen changes happen and healings happen um, so the world needs this uh, and God doesn't just give us this power for the church but for the world um, to, because the world needs healing and the, and the world needs um, 
restoring and um, is seeking the truth. And we're the ones that Jesus has says, uh, I commission you to, to take this to the world. So it was a, a, a great time. In the book of Revelation, John talks about uh, in the, the, the time to come, he's in heaven and he's seeing a great multitude of people worshipping and praising God. And that was a bit like um, last week. And indeed, looking out um, today, it's like that as well. People of all ages, from teenagers up to retirees were there. Um, there were men and women. There were church leaders. There were um, people who weren't church leaders. And there were people who were hungry to learn about God. They were enthusiastic, as Rosemary said. They driven many miles to come um, not just to a meeting but they were come expectant of God they come expecting to hear from God to hear what God was doing in their lives and in other people's lives and to then um, take that into the into, into the world there was worship because um, worship is a prelude to um, doing the things that God has called us to do and getting in the right frame, worshipping God, acknowledging who he is and then being ready to accept that worship isn't just singing but worship is living the life that God has called you to do. And hearing and doing, hearing what God has done, just those stories, the God stories that people gave about what had happened just in the previous week in their day-to-day -day life, in their families, in the communities, in the places where they were working. This is real. This is about being spirit-filled people who are led by Jesus to do the things that he has called for us to, um, do, to do. And it's great that Emily mentioned um, Ephesians um, uh, earlier on, because that's what it is, the life that God has prepared for us to do. Part of the um, sessions was really about the training, equipping people to go and do those things that God has called them. But in a sense, that's just that, that's part of equipping people to live a spirit-filled life. Um, however you, whatever title you give it, Jesus wants us to live by his spirit in the world. And by learning about things, by practicing, by getting the encouragement to go and do things, looking always to Jesus then we are led to live for Jesus and living for Jesus is exciting it's affirmative it's life-changing for you and the other people in your lives I mean it's what we're called to do in the Bible so it's as though we're almost a, an army of God God calls us to be an army out working with him and so I would say let's do it did you see God at work yes, yes. <laughs> But my title today is, What Does the Bible Say? And I'm not going to do a preach because we get brilliant preaching here. I'm actually going to give my testimony of how I do what I do so that you can do what you do. And I'm going to read from Numbers 23, 18. Then Balaam gave this message. Stand up, Balak, and, and listen. God is not a human being and will not lie. He is not a human and he does not change his mind. What he says he will do, he does. What he promises, he makes come true. Isn't that marvelous? The whole Bible comes true. 
And then Joel 2.28. After this, I will pour out my spirit on all kinds of people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your old men will dream dreams, and your young men will see visions. At this, at that time, I will pour out my spirit also on my male slaves and female slaves. I will show miracles in the sky and on the earth, blood, fire, and, and thick smoke. Is God a man that he will lie? Has he poured out his spirit on all of us? Can we do what he asks us to do? Are we doing what he asks us to do? <laughs> it's going to be one of those days, you know. But I really feel, I love this church, and I love that we've been speaking about the Holy Spirit, and I feel this is the, we just had two sessions really on the Holy Spirit, and last week was the last one on the teaching, and today is a bit more practice too, if that's okay. Don't all shrink, oh no, she's gonna make us do things. I don't make anybody do things, we do things because the Holy Spirit empowers us to do that. And you know what, we need him. And we need to help each other so that we are ready to help the world. And in Acts 2.17, the Joel 2.28 came to pass. You know, um, we are not drunk as you suppose. Remember when the Holy Spirit fell and they were accused of being drunk? We're not drunk, as you suppose. And then he quotes um, Joel, that the Holy Spirit has come. It's come. He's here. And we know that, but it's now to be empowered. The nation's in trouble. The nations are in trouble. And for me, I love the church and the kingdom. And the church is the answer. It's like God saying, rise up, rise up, and be the answer. So what I'm doing today is giving you testimony. So I grew up in a denomination. We weren't Christians, but we went to church regularly every Sunday. And, uh, and then I made a commitment in my early 20s. I didn't know what I'd done, you know? I knew, of course I knew about Jesus, but I didn't even understand the whole sin thing and so on. But when a, a man led me to the Lord, it was a dramatic, I knew I, I, that I was a sinner and it's like, I wept my eyes out. But once he'd gone, I thought, now what do I do? What do I do? Because I knew somehow that I was a disciple of Jesus, but had no idea how to be a disciple. And so I went to the Gospels and I ate the Gospels because I wanted to read how did Jesus teach his disciples how to live and what to do. And uh, I never went to Paul because for me, Paul was a very boring man. Because we'd had RE lessons at school, the missionary journeys of Paul and, and Cyrus and so on. Uh, yes, Cyrus. 
and so on. And it was so boring because it was a map and the journeys, and that's all I can remember, the school journeys, which was so boring. So I went to Jesus and looked to see what he, how he trained his disciples. And when he, he said to his disciples, now go out and go into towns and villages and find the man or woman of peace and then go to them. I thought, oh, so that's what we do. So that's what I did. All my work, I've got quite a history of breakthroughs and, and so on and leading many, many people to the Lord. But I followed the Bible. This, the Bible is my handbook. I know this stuff that you don't take literally. But a lot of it I do. And because it says it, I actually do it. I give it a go. And I expect him, I expect him to come because he said he doesn't lie. And when I read that as a new Christian, I thought, well, then this is going to work. And I can stand here as an older person and say, it's worked and it's working. I now have the right to stand here and say, it's, it's, it works. The Bible actually works. And I know we know that. But until you know that you know that you've proved it, it's the most amazing thing. And it's got a power to it. Because I can now say, oh, just follow this book. Just do what it says. And about two weeks after I'd... Uh, become a follower of Jesus. A wonderful Baptist friend of ours put a book in my hand and said, I think you must read this. When I think back now, he wasn't even filled with the spirit or something. You can see the hand of God. And it was a book called I Believe in Miracles by Catherine Kuhlman. Uh, you can look her up on, on YouTube. She's very odd. She wears these flowing gowns, and she says, the Holy Spirit is on you. <laughs> um, but it's written by a doctor. It's short stories, short accounts of the healings um, that, Kath that, that Catherine Kuhlman was part of in the 1970s, I think it was. Um, she hired the Carnegie Hall in the U.S., and people would queue <clears throat> round the the hall to, um, to listen, to hear the, the people in wheelchairs, the sick people came in their droves. And she just prayed and spoke about Jesus. And she would say, in that corner is somebody with a kidney disease, be healed in the name of Jesus. And so, and people were just healed. Um, she never touched anybody, but the Holy Spirit was so present with her. Well, I read this. And I didn't think, wow, what a woman. Oh, my word. You know what I thought? Oh, so that's what we do. Isn't God clever? Two weeks after being saved, that's what we do. And having gone to Sunday school and heard about Noah and Jonah and all these things, these stories, they all suddenly made sense because they're all supernatural. And it all made sense because Catherine Kuhlman was doing this. Oh, so I and all Christians, we do this. I took it for granted. I read in Isaiah 30, verse 21, you will, hear, 
you will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. And you know what, I'm so thick. I expected to hear a voice, and I do. This is the whole thing. He speaks in my head or out there, but I hear him. And he tells me what to do. And I expect it because he can't put me in a place and give me a job to do and then not pitch up. Do you see? This God, he doesn't lie. And I really feel he said, I must tell you all this because this is for you. He doesn't lie. He's with us. He's got jobs for us to do. And he wants to empower his church in this. And so I was in a a denomination and hadn't brilliant, brilliant denomination that put my Bible foundation in so firmly. The best Bible teacher I'd ever heard was our preacher and he was marvelous. And so the foundation was very good, but I'd never heard of the power of the Holy Spirit or the baptism in the Holy Spirit. It was just not spoken about in those times. But I obeyed what I read, and so I did lead people to the Lord and so on. But I was always left feeling, but what if I die and there's nothing? I knew I was born again, but there were these niggling feelings. What if I, what if I'm believing all this and in the end it's not true? You know, what if it would, this would come in my head all the time? Eight years after becoming a, a Christian, we, what was called in those days, split from our denomination because the time had come where we heard about the power of the Holy Spirit and our denomination wasn't very partial to moving in the charismatic or the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So we had a split. It wasn't nice, but... And a bunch of us went off to plant a church, which is now, they've just celebrated their 40th anniversary, um, which is now a New Frontiers church. Um, And, um, oh, for the first time, we we sang these choruses that were, well, and we danced. We danced for the joy of the Lord, and we felt so naughty. And yet, well, we were from, you know, it's all very nice and traditional, but we felt so naughty and free and alive. It was quite astounding. Um, and we weren't, we knew we weren't, and we felt naughty. We knew we weren't naughty because we just burst with love for God. And the freedom that comes from being born again, really. I was still not filled, baptized with the Holy Spirit. And one evening during the worship time, somebody brought a tongue. Now, we'd been having training uh, from where we became what, what is now Jubilee Community Church in Cape Town. We'd been having training on how to move in the power of the Holy Spirit and the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And if there's a tongue, there must be an interpretation and so on and so on. So somebody brought a tongue. And in my head, I got the gist of what it was. Um, I didn't even know it was the gist of what it was. I just understood what they were saying, really. And so we all went quiet, and we waited for the interpretation. 
And we waited, and we waited. And it was dead quiet. And then God spoke to me and said, they are waiting for you. <laughs> and I thought, no. I'm shy. I don't speak out like this. I don't know how to do this. And you know how your thoughts go. But I knew that I knew that I knew he'd make them wait till tomorrow. <laughs> and I knew because they're waiting for you. And I just throw in that actually they, the world is waiting for us. It's like God is saying over the church, they're waiting for you. So I brought the interpretation. And at that moment, a mantle, a cloak or something was put around me of such warmth and belonging and love and everything. And I feel it till today, it's there. And from that moment, I knew that 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 heaven was real, that I was born again. It was a confirmation. No one could ever take it away. The enemy couldn't come and say, who do you think you are? Because I, I've been chosen before time. That's who I am. I have answers because of the confidence that came with the baptism with the Holy Spirit. In Ephesians 2 verse 10, it says, God has prepared good works in advance for us to do. We each have a lane we are running in with our good works in it. And you see, as we run in our lane, our good works come up to meet us. It's been prepared before time. So it's not that like, oh, well, Angela's done all these things. I've just done my job. Do you see? He prepared it. I'm just running in it. We've each got something to bring. And so in 2012, Greg and I lived in Bermondsey in London, which is at the foot of Tower Bridge. And, um, and it was the Olympics. And so we went to the Paralympics. And you know people who are, um, what is the PC way of saying they can't see? Not blind. Visually impaired, thank you. Yeah, when one needs to honor people. Visually impaired. Do you know I watched them running in their lanes, and I closed my eyes and I thought, I can't even run in the lane with my eyes open, never mind closed. How do they do it? And you know, when God speaks to you, it seems like an hour, but it's a split second, really. But he explains something. And I felt God say to me, all Christians run like visually impaired. Because we run by faith, not by sight. Isn't that amazing? And I watched the, uh, the visually impaired run, and they were linked to a a seeing person and ran at the same speed. And they were attached by wrist to them, and they ran, and I watched as the seeing person kept the visually impaired person in their lane. When their foot went out, in the back they went. Um, and I felt God say to me, we each have a lane to run in. And the Apostle Paul says, run the race to win the prize. We each have a lane. And in the lane, before time he prepared, 
every single thing for us. So what is prepared for Alex is not what is prepared for me. We each have a different walk, and then we look at each other's lane, you know? Oh, they're better than me, and I can't. And it's like we only are equipped for our lane. We aren't equipped for anybody else's lane. And in the, I don't know if it was 1980s or whenever, there was the Olympics and South Africa was banned from it because of our awful apartheid laws. And there was a woman called Zola Budd, who some of you may remember, she ran barefoot and, um, and she ran pretty fast. And then there was Mary, De Mary Decker from the US. And the two of them ran at the same speed. So the world was looking at these two, the whole Olympics ran around these two, who's gonna win, who's gonna win? You know, these two women were so, so besotted with each other's times and lanes that as they ran, their feet got tangled and they fell and they were out of the race and they never got back into Olympics again. And that's what happens when we try to get into somebody else's lane or compare ourselves to, somebody's, to somebody else. Because running in our lane is about obedience. If, if what is put in front of us is, seems smaller than somebody else, it's not about that. It's about the obedience to do it. So when you get to the end of the, of the race, the prize is as big for Billy Graham as it is for Joe Bloggs, who only led one person to the Lord. Because in, in Joe Bloggs' lane was one person, and Joe Bloggs did it. And he gets the same reward because of obedience. It's not how many people we lead to the Lord or what we do, and it's obedience. They're waiting for you. And, um, and we need to see what's in our lane. You know, as we just worship God, and he is wonderful. Oh, he's worthy of being worshipped. He is so marvelous. And you, if you have not today um, become a follower of Jesus, oh, may I commend him to you. After being a Christian for 48 years, I still think he's marvelous. It's not been easy walk. Christianity isn't easy. It's not for wimps because it costs. But my word, are the rewards big? And, um, and as one worships and runs, he's equipped one already. He's already put stuff in us. Work out what Christ has put in us to actually do the job. So he will say, I sit and say, oh, Lord, I can't do it. And he says, I've put enough in you. Now come on, on your feet. Um, and even the hurdles that we have to jump over, he's put them there so that he's training our arm for battle. If it is all smooth, then how do, we, how do we get trained to fight bigger wars and bigger enemies and bigger demons and so on? So it, there's enough in us to even go over every hurdle. Oh, but Lord, my hurdles are so big compared to, yes, but he's put enough in to jump over those hurdles. To win the prize at the end, which is his face and his well done. So life hasn't been easy for me. Um, and as a woman, preacher, whatever you want to call me, goodness knows. 
um, is not easy. It's not easy at all. And the th people ask me, how did you keep on going? Because the cost has been high. And you know how? His face. It's not about, oh, I'm so hurt, and I have been. Good grief, yes. But it's his face. He, he, you know, seek my face. Your face will I seek. So it's about him and his glory. And it's about the church and the kingdom. And the kingdom is so powerful. I have no excuse. I have seen him do the most glorious, glorious, glorious things. How can I now say, well, now I can't do any more because I don't know if you're going to come. I don't know if you'll pitch up. I can't say that. He always pitches up. He is attracted to faith. And he is wanting to stir this church into more. All that you've heard from such good preaching, it's now time to do. It's what Ken and Rosemary said. They watched things actually happen in front of their eyes. I did some. And then I said, now, you do it. And they were, you know, I could have left because God came for the people. Listen, I'm just a door. We are all doors that open to let God do his work. And so God is, look at all the doors in this place. If we open the door and just watch to see what God will do, my mouth hangs open at times like, look at this, <gasps> look at that. And I have nothing to do with it. It's, it's him. I speak. And then I watch to see, now what? What's he going to do with this? I feel no responsibility to make things happen because I can't. It's all about him and every single one of us. If we are followers of Jesus, we have him. By the power of the Holy Spirit living in us to will and to do. He does, he does all these things for us and then for the world. But it's all driven by compassion. I absolutely love people. And I can't stand to see people suffering. I hate injustice. I want to see God do stuff for people. So I will step out because of the compassion. And it was compassion that drove Jesus. And we as church are filled with compassion. And we need to use the compassion. It's not about the shyness. Oh, I can't do this. Do you know, as a younger Christian, I was asked to do a notice at church in Cape Town. Um, and I said, oh, no, I can't do that. And I was kind of said, and you call yourself a leader, and you can't even give a, an, an, an announcement. And it was like, Phew. because of my shyness, you must understand. When I talk about God, you will get the whole lot. Put me in a room and I become a wallflower. I'm, I'm a shy person. But for the sake of the church, for people, I will spend myself. And that is what God is asking us now, to spend ourselves. Because we are driven by compassion, as Jesus is driven by compassion. So now, for the little bit of doing. If this has touched you in any way, if you think, quite honestly, I want to, I want to do what it says, 
not just watch other people do what it says. I want to grow in signs, wonders, and miracles. I want to chase demons out of people's lives and out of, uh, yeah, out of power, out of the control, which he doesn't have unless we give it to him. Um, I want you to stand, please. Holy Spirit, come. Oh, my word, Holy Spirit. Whoa, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Father God, here we are, your church, your hand-picked people. You, you chose us before time. I mean, wow, Father God. And you come and you fill us with the Holy Spirit and power. And Lord, you've assigned jobs and I put it as plain as down to earth like that, jobs. Because it's not all this Holy Joe kind of stuff, it's jobs. You give us jobs to do. We want to do them, Lord, because for your glory, for your glory and for the sake of the church and the world, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Lord, there's people here who are hurting. There's women, and when I spoke about women, uh, and, and being a woman who preaches or whatever, women hurt. And I want to ask for healing. I want to ask, Lord, for healing of women who have been second-class, Lord. I want to ask that in the name of Jesus. I want to ask for the sick, Lord. Lord, there's so many gifts of healing in this, in this church, and yet people are still sick. Father God, will you stir in us such power, such an ability to die to ourselves and our embarrassment, and, but what if it doesn't work? What if he doesn't come? Well, if you, if you don't come, you don't come. You do other stuff. It's not our responsibility. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. You said your sons and your daughters will do all these things. And Lord, you know what I say. It's the only time one can name and claim. <laughs> name and claim what the Bible says. I name and I claim. Because you say it, I want it and I want to do it. I wonder if the name and claim brigade will come up here. If you want it, if you are able to say to God, I want it. You said it in the Bible, and you're not a man that you lie. I want it. And so I'm stepping out today because I'm going to get it, the power to work in signs, wonders, miracles, and see demons run. I want you to come stand here. And this, you know, this is not a false thing. It's not, well, God is going to leave everyone in their seats. He's just going to be here. He's everywhere, even if you don't come. I like, I'm an African, so I like a bit of movement, you know. Um, but he comes in the seats as well. It's not about the front and specials. This is, this is just to humor me, I suppose. Makes it easier. I want you to come nearer. Matt Fell. <laughs> that sounded nice, eh? Matt Fell. Hello, Angela. 
<laughs> you're all nervous now, right? Little. <laughs> so you're the Bible teacher. Is what I said today true? Yeah. So everybody can do yeah. what it says in here. That's what he promises. Will you pray that into being? People, this is a very big moment for City Church. I really feel God says he wants to honor you. He wants to honor you for all your work, for all your teachings, for all that you've done, and he wants to take you higher. Is that okay? Lord Jesus. And the Lord next Jesus. one who's going to pray is Simeon. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, thank you for your precious promises. Thank you for they are trustworthy and true. Thank you for your great grace for us. Not only do you call us in, do you reconcile us, but you empower us. You give us a role. You give us good works to do. Thank you for the faith in this room. Thank you for the many hearts that long to see your kingdom long to see healing long to see deliverance and freedom long to see the poor lifted up Lord Jesus Lord Jesus you know the ways that you've stirred our hearts Lord help us help us take you at your word and step out I was struck as Angela spoke about how when she uh, responded to the prompt of God, when she stepped out, she knew deep assurance. And so I pray for us for a new season. Father, help us step out of the boat. Help us look our Lord Jesus in the eye. And step into the works that he has for us. Yes, Lord. Lord, there's a deep longing in our heart to see your kingdom come. To see the lost found, the poor lifted up, to see men and women flourishing in ministry. Lord, so Lord, we trust in your word and we say sorry when we haven't. We say we believe, help us with our unbelief. And now I want you to open your eyes, please. And you're going to pray for people. And if you will, it is I, as a Bible teacher, I, I commission you to go and do what the Bible says. Do you see? Uh -huh. But with eyes open, yeah. because we close our eyes and it's like, it's just as a connection and speaking to people. And this goes for those who are in the, in the seat still too. Nobody misses out. Okay. Holy Spirit, come. Whoa. I just want to speak to Richard Mackey, Keith Tan. Sam Hook, I just want to say to you guys, in your workplaces, where the Lord has put you, be an ambassador of Christ. 
know that the Spirit of God is with you, that you have been placed and there's good works prepared beforehand. Yeah. Um, what I just said, it's not just for the church. This mm. is uh, what, what Rosemary said earlier on. Uh, new season for you guys of just feeling empowered in your workplaces to shine the light of Christ. Uh, some ladies here who are in community. Um, Becky. Becky and Burwell. Um, Laura Overton and Bottisham. Heather Morris. Ladies who've got a real heart for your community. It's not just the names I've called out, there's other people. Lord Jesus gives you such power and dignity, such authority in his name. Go after the things that he's stirred in your heart. The psalmist says, I believe I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. The things that he's stirred in your heart to see, believe that you will see them and go after them. Now will you speak over the whole lot? Drove your eyes over the whole lot, everybody. Dear City Church. Dear City Church. We are here, yes. Thank you, that's better. There we go. City Church, the Lord has called you to Cambridge and the villages around it. That you have been placed there and you are needed. The Lord Jesus moves like a general moving his troops into strategic places you have been placed here be the church know the promise of God over you I am with you to the end of the age says the Lord Jesus when two or three of you are gathered I am there you are his body and the world is waiting the world is waiting Cambridge the villagers the university your workplaces they are waiting for the kingdom of God to come for the gospel of Jesus Christ for the light to shine in darkness and you have been placed there to shine the light do you know that receive it afresh today receive it as a gift it's not a heavy thing it's a beautiful calling what an adventure your creator has for you and so step into it. No time of using the Bible teachers. With your eyes open, pray whatever God gives you. Father. Lord, I thank you for this people. Mm. What a gift. What a gift to each other. What a gift to Cambridge. Thank you for this people, for giving each of us a place in this wonderful body. And City Church, I bless you with listening ears. I bless you with listening ears to know what the Holy Spirit is leading you into doing in any particular moment that each of us have a lane to run in. They're all different, so we can't figure it out by copying each other. So I bless you with a a confidence in what God is putting in front of you, that you'll see what's in front of you. 
in the spirit and be able to do it. Yeah. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. I had a preview of some of this from Angela last week, and we talked about striving and not striving. And I just, I want to bring freedom from striving to this church because what she was saying was as we walk in our lane, we're not striving for the things that God asks us to do and beating ourselves up when they don't come our way. We walk in our lane and they come to us, like on a computer game and you're kind of walking down and the the obstacles come to you. The things that we do for God, they come to us. We're not striving for them. We go ahead and walk and God brings them to us. And then, oh, they're here. I'll do it because I'm empowered by the Spirit. And I felt very convicted about striving from that conversation. And I want to bring that to to all of us. So City Church, I free you in the name of Jesus from striving for works for God because he has made them. He is more motivated than you are to save the people out there. He is more in love with the broken than you are. He has put those people in front of you. He has put the things to do in front of you and they are coming to you and he will empower you. So in the name of Jesus, let's put it down. City Church, make your fist and drop it. I am going to take my striving and I'm going to drop it because Jesus is bringing those things to me and we are walking City Church in the works. He has prepared in advance. They are coming. We can't avoid them because they're coming directly to us. Amen. I wonder if you'll turn to each, you know, find someone. I want you, don't pray long prayers. This is power. This is authority and power. And I want you to take your hand and put it on somebody's head or shoulder, if you are allowed. And I want you to say, be filled with the Holy Spirit and power for a new day. And then if, if allowed, I want you to go in among people who are happy for you to do it and do the same thing. We're going to move in power. If anybody needs healing, as somebody puts their hand on them, in your mind say, Lord, heal me at the same time. Whatever you need, when somebody puts their hand on, just bring it to God. Let's see what God will do with an army of people prepared before time to take action. Amen? Go for it. Pray for each other. And we can, you can sing to us. Yeah. Yeah, now.